0: Delco, what is Delco? Urban Dictionary, maybe the best definition of any place in the history of any place. Delco is the nickname for Delaware County, not just a place to live, it's a way of life. Delco isn't something you obtain with a short visit while you're passing through, never has been, or don't actually live here, you just won't understand. Delco is something you can spot across the bar while out of town. Speaking of bars, there's 42 to one ratio when it comes to bars to libraries. And it's cool to be a 26-year-old barback. back. You're just waiting for your big break. Delco people love being from Delco. I don't know if there's any special from Delco, except being a Delco guy, I kind of like it. All right, what is up, everybody? And welcome back for episode number 41 of Delco Baseball Now. My name is Brendan Ricciardi. I'm joined by Ben Thorpe. And Ben, the vibes will never be worse on a Delco Baseball Now podcast than after this Phillies game.
1: It is. Last few days have been disastrous. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Um, that. That might be putting it lightly, but yeah. Uh, I, think, I think we're witnessing like terms of vibes an all-time low for this podcast. Hopefully an all-time low.
0: Yeah, I don't want to jinx ourselves too much here. Uh, I don't yeah. want to know
1: I don't know what wanna know what lower is. No.
0: No, I mean it's been a crazy roller coaster for years in terms of like, you know, the teams around here in this area. Um, but you know, I sit here thinking I'm down bad. Meanwhile, you flew to Arizona to watch a, a loss <laughs> and lose your phone. So I guess you I think you have me beat.
1: Yeah, that was the um you know, like it was I was the phone was stolen that. On Friday. So we kind of had the whole weekend ahead of us. Then you went out. Then the Phil's lost. I got to see Alec Thomas take Craig Kimbrell into the hot tub. That was great. Pretty much like the half inning after I turned to my friend and was like, Bryce Harper's going in the hot tub. Alec Thomas did it. So that was cool. Um, then that. Then you get back. And my phone's gone still. And they lose game six and seven. So it's it's been a rough couple of days. We got We got the new phone, though. The uh the old ones in like Compton, California now. So whoever has it, count your days. Um, but like I don't know. We'll see.
0: Yeah. Oh man, let's take a road trip to California. <laughs> find a phone.
1: Don't think that's worth it, but no. Hopefully it comes back here at some point. And then then, then we can warrant a road trip. Yeah. All
0: right. Well, we have a lot to talk about with this series. I mean, there's just so many so many things to talk about. My opening thoughts are pretty much that at the end of the day, like I'm, it sounds like I'm a, I'm a classic Delco dad. Like I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Like last year, <laughs> like this, this loss hurt a million times more than last year. Cause last year that was like, you know, the 1st postseason run in a decade, it was the team that was fun. They weren't supposed to be there. They're playing the death machine known as the Houston Astros. Mm-hmm. Like, like that was just like a, you know what? Like, we'll be back. Like, this is the beginning of a new era. Now we we realized like, oh man, like this year we lost to the, we lost to last year's Phillies, basically. We lost to the, the team that snuck in, the team that had nothing to lose, and, like, that. I think that's what hurts the most.
1: Yeah, no, I feel like last year is definitely just, like, they lost, and it was like, damn, like, party's over. Like, this year, like, they fell short. It was definitely short of expectations, and obviously, like, they weren't going into the playoffs, they weren't, like, the favorite favorite, but like, I think around here, we all expected another World Series run, and... they fell short and they felt the way they fell short was just like, I don't even know, kind of just rolling over. It it, it just, I don't know.
0: Like it almost doesn't seem real when you see that Cassiano's Turner and Harper went, I think over 23 in the last two games, like that is just an absurd stat. Like I, I, I'm convinced there was a higher power. Like the baseball gods (laughs) clearly did not like Garrett Stubbs talking about the pool party. I mean, I think that, yeah, you know, the the thing that hurt the most was like the Phillies went, went from the team that just fed off the bulletin board stuff all year and like punishing anyone that came after them to being the, you know, the team they hated most, right? They were the team that got cocky. They were the team that thought once it was 2-0, series is over, we're going back to the World Series. And you know, it's funny like a lot of people, you know, come out in series like hating the Diamondbacks. I have nothing but respect for them. That's a team that oh, plays yeah, no. that's the team that played the game right. Great bullpen clutch hitting like i'd say the only thing they really weren't great at is just like hitting for power as as a whole but they they did it when they had to really well-rounded team but rangers in four
1: (laughs) yeah i dude i don't know man they're they're I
0: i think the rangers win but i think it's probably in like five or six
1: yeah i could see that i just i think the rangers have a little bit i don't know the firepower is there for the rangers but yeah i nothing but respect for arizona man like it they just were a chippy, scrappy, like went out and won the series. Like you gotta respect that, I think. And I don't know, good for them. I'm honestly gonna be rooting for them. And yeah, on the terms of like the bulletin board material, like love Garrett Stubbs as like a chief vibes officer, but like, dude, like you went a little too far there. I, I think you 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 gave them something to work with. I, you know, I don't think you go and like you should go and put that out there, like. Uh, it's just a bad – it's a bad look. It's a bad that, look. What you that want. team
0: was dead after game two, and you brought mm-hmm. them back into it. You know, Yeah, like, yeah, you
1: just,
0: yeah. That series, like, had absolutely no juice through the first two games, mm-hmm. and, that, and then that happened. Um, yeah, I, I, it's just like – that I think that was – I mean, the biggest takeaway out of this was that the offense went completely ghost mode. Uh, I know a lot of people are pissed at Craig Kimbrell. I'm obviously one of them. But I I'm I don't think Thompson had a terrible series, but going going back to him in that game was bad. But the issue was that they they took Sanchez out way too early, and that made him have to use everybody else. And then he realizes like, oh crap! Like it's the eighth inning, and all I've left is Kimbrel and and what I guess like Lorenzen at that point. So it's every you know everyone's to crush him for having Kimbrel out there. I think it's more just like how yeah. how he got to that point in the first place.
1: I mean, and so just – it's going to be hard to get through a playoff series when you have two completely reliable relief pitchers. Because, like, listen, you're not going to – Wheeler can go out and give you seven. Nola is capable of that. He did it once, didn't do it the other time. And then you got guys that, like, you know aren't going that far. And it's just like – and, yeah, I think, like, Christopher Sanchez probably came out a little bit early, but when you have a bullpen that's a lot of guys are shaky going into the series, it's not really like you're making the wrong decision. It's just, there's no right decision.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think bullpen will be a big part of the off season plans. Uh, I have a little bullet point that we'll talk about at the end uh, with, with some options there, but yeah, I, I, it's too early for us to kind of put in context, like where this ranks on like Philadelphia sports heartbreaks you know, I, I see people like trying to compare it to like, you know, last year's Super Bowl, trying to compare it to last year's World Series, all that. Like, that's something that I think w- it, you have to let like the mo- emotion kind of like, you know, set aside first. But I will say when it comes to Phillies playoff runs, like when the Eagles lost the Super Bowl, I was, you know, crushed like everybody else. Mm-hmm. But there's something about the fact that like a Phillies playoff run is like a month. Like, that's like the course of like all of October. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you're in, you know, you're at war for a long time. The Eagles, like, they crushed the Giants, they beat a depleted Niners team, and all of a sudden you look up and you're in the Super Bowl. Like, it doesn't yeah. feel like a run. It feels like a, all right, like, we sleptwalked through the NFC and then we lost a heartbreaker to one of the best quarterbacks ever. This is just like a it, – it was a golden opportunity gone to waste, and you really never know. Like, you know, you can say we'll be back all we want. They'll yeah. we'll be back in the playoffs, but, like, the Braves will be, you know, always around. The Dodgers won't sit around and suck, you know, like they did this year forever. Like, when you have that opportunity, you got to take it.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And that's like, honestly, for me, I'm not even like heartbroken. Like, it's a weird way to put it, this. Feels like one of the playoff losses the Sixers had, where you get done, and you're just like, like what the hell, man? Like it was there, and they just, like, I don't know, kind of just screwed around and let it slip through their hands. It, it feels more like that where you leave like pissed off as opposed to like heartbroken like last year was heartbreaking super bowl was heartbreaking this one was just kind of like i'm not heartbroken i'm just like what the hell like, yeah, yeah. like what are we doing man like how, would do, how did this it, even happen
0: i compare it to the year they lost to the hawks that yes, would be like, yes yeah know?
1: it's exactly that it's
0: like losing that was, to the celtics like you had the 3-2 series lead but like obviously that's a great team it's not as embarrassing like to to lose to a team that's that's better than you but like yeah. when we lost to the hawks that was like the are we are we serious right
1: now? Like that? That's what we're yeah, you know. It was it was get through these guys that. and we're like we're golden. And yeah. they didn't. It's I don't know. It's yeah. just infuriating. I mean, there it's it's kind of depressing. Like there are
0: very few people. I come out of this series being like happy with what we saw across. I mean, mm-hmm. Brandon Marsh was one. Like I I felt like he was the guy. Really, one of the only guys giving good at bats through games one to seven like you know he was just I think he should have moved up at some point Uh, Hoffman you couldn't have asked someone to respond better after he let up that Austin Riley Homer he was great the rest of the series after that you know same with Alvarado but I mean just like the lineup as a whole like I don't know how Castellanos went from the best hitter in the world in the NLDS to the absolute worst hitter in the world in the next round and that's no no other sport can do that. Like no quarterback is going to throw for 505 touchdowns. And then the next week, like throw eight interceptions like that. That's pretty much the equivalent.
1: Yeah. And it's the thing I kind of noticed. And I feel like the offense went cold in a very similar way this year as they did last year, where like the Astros started, you know, they have a full, they had a bullpen full of dudes that had like fastballs, a really good rise to them. And they just put them up in the zone and blow them by. This team, I feel like bullpen full of just sliders that really tunneled well with their fastballs and it was the same type of thing. Like they, the opposing pitching staff found something that was able to beat the Phillies hitters and the Phillies hitters were never able to adjust. And for like me, that I don't know. I feel like that falls, obviously like the players are the guys out there and they have to do it. But part of that I think also falls on coaching. Like I think you got to look at, Whoever's kind of doing all the hitting, the hitting staff, and ask, you know, how are you not able to help these guys adjust at all?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and credit to Arizona for realizing, like, hey, we're just not gonna give Schwarber and Harper anything to hit. And we're gonna 100%. let we're gonna let the the rest of the order take them. And and you can tell that I mean one of the reasons the Phillies lost the series was because the Diamondbacks played winning baseball on offense. The Phillies, every single player tried to be the hero. And in games where you're down like four-one they were still taking like solo home run swings. And it's like, listen, guys, like a single steal, you know, ground out sack fly is the same amount of runs as a solo homer. And and there was just so many guys, like when they would swing, you could see them pulling their head off. Mm. Asianos was the the best example, but uh, I think Bryson Schwarber kind of started to get impatient with the fact they weren't getting anything to hit because they realized like, Hey, like nobody behind us is hitting. So we kind of have to chase like, or else we're not, we're not getting anything across.
1: Yeah, and these guys, like, the whole year, they've been just all gas, no breaks. Like, they're not a team that chips away. And while that, like, gets you there, like, they're going for the home run because this team works where, like, one dude hits the solo bomb and everyone just bang. Like, it's the switch flips. But I think at the same time, that also was what led to kind of their demise was because everyone was trying to be the guy to get everyone going with, you know, that big home run, that big hit. And instead of chipping away, they kind of did that, and just the big hit never came.
0: Yeah, and, th- and that approach works when you're, your pitching staff is dealing. Like, when they played the Braves yeah. and won that Strider game where they, they, I think it was, they won 3-1 and they hit three solo homers to to clinch the series. It's like, all right, well then, you know, like, this Phillies team, like, when it comes to, you know, they, they responded well sometimes when they'd lose, like, come back the next game. But their issue was if they got down early in a game, I'd never seen a two or three run lead feel like twenty like that. Like they, like that game, oh, yeah. I mean, people were leaving the bar in like the sixth or seventh inning of a game seven in the NLCS because it's like they're not, they're not coming back. Like we knew, you know, you can hold out hope all you want, like they weren't coming
1: back. Yeah, that was. I mean, once it hit like when they made it like three two, it felt like five two, six two. Like I don't know, it was a weird. And I think that part of that's probably because we've seen them really struggle to get runs across in the games before that. But, yeah, it really just – I don't know. The the small leads felt a lot bigger.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, Well, I guess we can can talk a little bit about, like, the offseason plans and whatnot. I mean, the two looming questions that are on everybody's mind is what happens with Aaron Nola and what happens with Reese Hoskins. So we'll start with Reese first just because – He's, he's a guy that I, I truly feel terrible for because he put his heart and soul into that rehab you know he gets hurt right going into a contract year mm-hmm. after coming off of a great playoff run on a team built to win in what he knew you know no matter what like even if he was healthy this year it could have been his last year in Philly and they came one game away from him being able to to step on the field again like that's just a heartbreaker
1: yeah man and it's yeah that's the same thing like loved Reese put his heart and soul into it. But honestly, like looking at looking up the next year, I, I don't really see a spot for him in the lineup unless you move, unless Harper insists on going back to the outfield, which honestly, I don't think he will. I think he's a first baseman from here on out. Then from there, you're looking at, all right, like either you're putting someone like Rojas down in triple or you're getting rid of Schwarber or Cassiano's like you're going to have to get rid of someone who like, Is kind of locked in here for at least next year in order to make him fit. And I I just, I think between that and probably still, I think someone still will pay a decent amount of money for him. It's, I just, I don't see him back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For Reese, I think it's going to come down to like, the Phillies will not be the highest bidder unless Mm -hmm. it's a one year deal. Because like, you know, a team is going to offer him multi-years. And if he wants to stay, he can stay because I think if Harper, I, I think what could end up working is if they were to tell Harper like, "Hey, we want you in the outfield. Sometimes we want you at first. Sometimes kind of make like a rotation between Reese, Schwarber, and Harper at like first DH in the outfield kind of thing." Yeah, like, that could you know, work. Because like Schwarber, I'm fine with Schwarber playing left some games in the regular season. Just don't have him out there in the playoffs, right? Like, uh, yeah. I think I think no matter what, I think Rojas starts in AAA. I think this you know postseason run just exposed him. For you know what he couldn't do at the plate, like he was just overmatched at all times. Uh, you know the Mike Trout rumors are, are going to pick up steam, especially if Otani leaves the Angels, which mm-hmm. he probably will. You know people are going to build their trade packages up. I actually don't think it's unrealistic that a, a trade could happen solely because of what the Phillies have. Like they have Marsh, they have Rojas, Pache, and Justin Crawford down in the minors. Like if the Angels goal. Is to get back young replacements for him. The Phillies are a potential match in that regard.
1: Yeah, no, one hundred percent. That would be. It'd be interesting to see what like a trade package for Mike Trout would look like. And I think the other question is, is he's like generally, is he still capable of playing center field and playing center field consistently without getting hurt? Because the past few years have has not been has not gone well for him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think a uh, deal, um, you know, I would say Crawford is hundred percent in it. I would probably mm-hmm. say Rojas or Marsh. I mean, they had Marsh in their system. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but one of them is gone. I hate to say it, but I-, I just have a feeling Stott would be someone they would ask for. You want a young player that's also ready to play, you know, in the major. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine. See, I would think they would want Mick Abel because Andrew Painter, like, why would you want to trade for a guy that just got Tommy John's? It's a little risky, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. I'm, I'm sure. I mean, if you're the Phillies, like you have to at least ask what the price is because the angels are also very dumb and they could just, you know, give him up for something that's less than what he's actually worth just because they're stupid. But you know, the the calls will be made. Unfortunately, 30 other teams will also be making calls. Um, Another interesting question. I don't think they would trade him here is that Juan Soto could be on the move with the Padres as well. And it's the same thing. It's like somebody would have to, you know, not be here next year. It'd probably be like Rojas or Marsh or something. But, the, I mean, at this point, I don't know what like the, the fix is because they spent money on the lineup and they all went cold.
1: Yeah, and I, I wish I had an answer too. But, like, I mean, guys like Trout and uh, Soto, you definitely have to ask the price on. Uh, a guy like Bryson Stott, to me, would be a deal breaker, um, I think. From the even again, he went cold in the NLCS, but the improvement he showed this year, I, I think that's a dude that you should stick with. Um, Rojas, like I like him. I think there's a lot of promise. I think he was up early, and that's why he struggled so much. It's not going to kill me if he's part of the package. Same with Marsh, Pache, Crawford. I, I really, I also really like Marsh, like Pache and Crawford. Lo- would love to see what Crawford becomes. Whatever. I, I don't know. I mean, fitting a guy like that into a lineup never hurts. Uh, But also I think there's got to be just a little bit of a, maybe a change of approach, especially in the playoffs. Like see if we can like, I don't know, like, like we were talking about, just kind of start to patch stuff together a little more, like maybe put yeah. together better at bats. I don't know how that's done, Um, but yeah.
0: Last, last thing I'll say on that is I would move Stott if it was in a Soto trade, but not Trout just because Soto's so much younger. Like you, yeah, that's fair. you could have him for a long time. Trout it's like if, if he gets banged up and Stott turned into like a perennial gold glove and all-star second baseman, then it's like, what the hell are we doing? But yeah, I don't know it's a big off season for Dave. Uh, I think, I think my dream acquisition is Josh Hader because he's a free agent. So they wouldn't have to trade anything to get him. And if you can combine him with Alvarado, good luck to any team they're facing that has, like, left, like good lefties in their order because at that point, like, you know, you the Phillies need a true closer. I think Alvarado, I love him. I love him as a, as a, a leverage guy, but, like, sometimes he just scares the hell out of me as a closer. Like, he gets too wild. And, like, you need – if there's ever, ever any game where he's just out of control wild, like, you, you need to have more time after that. I like just putting him against the best lefty in the middle, you know, seventh, eighth whatever that is, but I think Hader would be a dream come true here.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on the getting a designated closer, and it's tough because, like, you look at the teams that have that guy, and it's like the only one really available is Josh Hader, and then from there, you're either going to have to hope that, like, someone steps into that role, and really we've seen, I mean, over the years, we've seen Alvarado step in and not really do it, Sir Anthony hasn't really been able to do he's been able to do it at times but not really Kimbrel was able to do it for a little bit and then didn't the, the really only the, the only dude that like we haven't seen fail in that role was Orion Kirkering who like again he's another dude who came up really early and he kind of got beat, hit around a little bit so like we're gonna have to see what his confidence is like going in I think he's he has the stuff to do it I mean he's nasty but I don't know if he's going to be ready for that come next year. So, dude like haters, you know, a place where I think again like you got to at least throw him an offer and see where that where that ends up.
0: Oh, I I know the last, you know, a couple NLCS appearances for Kirkering where obviously wants to forget, but I have so much optimism about him. Like he was he's 22 years old, you know, and Oh yeah, me too. I think he's one of those guys who has the def- like the definition of hey, like I have the stuff, now I need to learn how to use it. Because teams were starting to realize, like, hey, like you're throwing sliders 90% of the time. We're just going to sit on it. Like, the dude throws 98. Like, maybe mix Mm. in some more fastballs. Obviously, that's not his decision. But, I mean, I I believe this guy has a chance to be the Phillies' closer of the future at some point. I mean, 22 years old. Like, the dude was in low A this year. I I can't, you know, criticize Thompson because I was asking him to get the high leverage innings as well. He earned the right to, and it just didn't work out. And I think that people – people are crushing Rob like oh you can't put a rookie in this spot it's like dude like he he earned it Sir Anthony wasn't doing much better I I don't really know like I think I think Thompson is was a scapegoat for everything outside of Kimball
1: yeah and that was like my my question to anyone bashing Thompson especially regarding the bullpen is what else was he gonna do what like who we don't have some magical dude that's the best in the world sitting on our bullpen that like we, that could have possibly been Kirkering and he tried it and it didn't work. Like, uh, you know, it's, what do you, what did you want him to do? He, he managed that bullpen as well as he could, I think.
0: Yeah. I mean, people need to really like take a look at things from, you know, like the bigger picture, like mm-hmm. Rob came here for a, a struggling team with, I can't even, I don't even want to say his name. Joe Girardi feels like <laughs> ages ago, he was here, but like, he came from a team that had you know no chemistry no vibes whatever missed the playoffs 10 years in a row and in his two years made it to the world series and then NLCS game 7 like i think people you know every manager is going to make decisions to nitpick i think that if he gets a better bullpen this year like honestly i think last year like they had some guys like Bolatti that they could throw in there like Brogdon. you know they still didn't really have that that true closer uh, i think that i think this team's a strong bullpen and just just be, like you said, better approaches from the offense. Like you can't just try and live and die by the home run in the playoffs. It just doesn't work unless you somehow stay hot for the whole postseason. Yeah,
1: and that's as a manager in the postseason. Like it's a weird way, but like the only way your moves are aren't going to get criticized is if they work out. It's not you know, and we don't. It's a very like result driven type of thing like that approval rating. And I, I don't know. I, I thought he did what he could. And at some point it's also on the players to execute.
0: Yeah. Um, All right. um, yeah. Let's see. So the last of, like that's the main topics is Aaron Nola. I mean, he, you know, he's obviously a free agent. He seemed like he, he really wanted to come back. I think, the, I think the Phillies and him are going to work something out. I do. And I think that's, you know, going to be something where the Phillies realize like, Hey, like, you know, Nola has his ups and downs. He can be frustrating sometimes, you know, he had a, a rough start in game six, but he had three incredible starts. It's, it's more one of the things we got to look around and be like, hey, like, who out there is a better option? Like, you know, Blake Snell would probably be an upgrade, but, you know, who knows if he wants to come here. He'd 100% cost more after the season he had this year. Like, you got to look around and say, like, out of free agents, like, there's there's really not too much of an upgrade in anybody else you'd have to trade people for.
1: Yeah, it's a – yeah, that's Blake, – and Blake Snell, like, Great pitcher, but he he kind of has the potential to be just as frustrating, if not more, than Null. I mean, we've seen him when he's up. We've seen him when he's down. He's going to cost a lot of money coming off of this year. I, I I agree that I think the Phillies and Aaron will work something out, just because I think in the long run, for both sides, it's going to be the best option. I'm sure there are some other teams that are going to offer him more money, but are they really going to be as competitive. I don't know. I think like the only other dude I can think of, and I'm pretty sure this is a this would have to be a trade is like glass now from the Rays. Mm-hmm. That might be the only other dude that's like because I'm pretty sure he's on the market. So that could be a guy. Um I don't really know who else is on the so market I, I just though.
0: pulled up the uh the starting pitcher free agent. So obviously Otani is gonna uh, I guess he had probably at this point already got Tommy John, so he's probably not going to pitch next season. Who knows if he's even going to be a starter, a reliever, whatever? Yeah. Uh, Noah's up there. Blake Snell, Sonny Gray is interesting, but you know he's he's thirty four years old. Like I, I'd be, I'd be fine if if you know if Noah left, like you signed him to like three years. Jordan Montgomery is a free agent, but at this point, you got to think Texas throws the bag at him, like to keep probably, him. Probably, yeah. Uh, I mean, Kershaw left. Marcus Stroman would not be a, a terrible option. Um, just looking around, Charlie Morton, the free agent. Kyle Hendricks. There's just like, you know, I, I
1: don't hear anyone better than Nola. Really,
0: that's that's the main point. And in parentheses, yeah. they have everybody's war, and Nola was, is number two behind Otani. So at this point, yeah. uh, it seemed like the issue had a Snell. That he was, yeah.
1: Wow, that's weird. It's,
0: it's because Snell is a stud, but he didn't go deep into games. He'd throw, uh, like, yeah. he'd throw like six innings with one or two runs every single game, and that was it. Like, um, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, but um I think I lost my main train of thought. Oh yeah, no. So before the season, it seemed like apparently apparently Nola wanted an eight year deal and the Phillies only wanted to give him five or six. And I mean I think that giving him an eight year deal would be a huge mistake, personally. Yeah. I think if you can convince them to do five or six and, and add a little more per year, then that's probably what would get him to stay. But I think it's a lot more likely that he's here than than Hoskins is.
1: I agree. Uh, Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think – and I think also after the year he had, granted, very up and down and left with a pretty bad taste, I don't know. He could be feeling a little bit less about his contract. I would assume he comes out and asks for eight. I don't know that there's a team in the league that will give him eight, unless you're looking at, like, I don't know, someone with just money to throw around and the real needed starting pitcher – yeah i mean the
0: padres could be a fit if uh they trade soto because then they have some payroll open up he Mm -hmm. could play with his brother he could be in the warm weather like i I could see that being an option he just he he feels like such a saint louis cardinal too that it just like i don't know if they give him eight years but like just his vibe the personality being in that like you know i don't even
1: know what kind of situation saint louis is in though like are they gonna go after a guy like that
0: probably not that's that's why I, i don't think it would work but um yeah, that's – oh, man, that's that's pretty much a wrap on the fills. I mean, you know, it, it's going to take a little bit for us to appreciate, like, what, you know, this whole season gave us. Like, the – you know, obviously right now the bad times outweigh the good. But, like, we'll – you know, we'll look back on pounding the Braves again. You know, there's obviously, like, the standing ovation. Like, there are good moments from this year. But until they get back like, – until spring training starts, like, there's still going to be a, a sour taste in the mouth.
1: Yeah, um, I'm, I agree. It was less than, like – Obviously, when you have a team as good as this, you're kind of thinking championship or bust. But as far as they got, looking like only four teams make it this far. So it was, and they finished as one of the best four teams in the league. Obviously, it wasn't the best one, but still overall, pretty good year. A lot of good moments, stuff to build on, stuff to learn, and opportunities to get better. So, you know, again, like bad taste in the mouth until spring, but hopefully everyone uses that and comes back even better next year.
0: Yeah. I mean, the last words I'll say is the window's not closed. Nope. You know, 2011, like when they got knocked out by the Cardinals, we knew some people, you know, some faces are going to be gone. Jason Wirth left. Like we knew the aces were getting older, like Howard Torres Achilles, like that was rock bottom. Yeah. But, yeah. but you know, this is just, it's frustrating, but hopefully it, it kind of is like the, the, the slap in the face. Like I'm sure after the world series it was like a, appreciate how far we came this year. This year was like a just like God damn it, you know.
1: Yeah, I agree. That was I think next year is gonna be the best or I guess probably the last chance like this main core because you're gonna look at like Schwarber's probably gone, cassianis is probably gone. I don't know who other contracts are up, but next year will kind of be this Phillies team as we know it, probably the last run for them.
0: All right. Well, we saved the good news uh, for the end of the show. We got a couple of commitments from some of our Delgo high school guys. You know, usually we try and go order in like, you know, in order of the age. So we'll start with high school, college, pro, whatever. But we got our college commitments here and we got to start with the biggest one of all. Haven's Luke Dancona is headed to the ACC. He will be a Boston sure. College Eagle. Got to see him start a state championship game this year. You know, he let up he let up three runs in the first man, but he settled in. And for a sophomore on that stage to be able to to go after those three in the first, I think he went four and two thirds total with only those three runs allowed. Uh, so you can tell the composure. He, I, I think he, in that game, he was around 86. I've seen him somewhere around 90 at this point. And, you know, it's, it's not very often we get central league guys in the ACC. We had Zapito last year, but it's, it's as a whole, it's still very rare in the central league.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll say the like central league slash like Delco pitching it's coming along and uh, Luke's a dude man like watching him pitch the state final was incredible I saw a couple other really good starts out of him in the playoff run like just an absolute dude I think he's been up to like 90 91 this summer I think I saw on Twitter um but especially like at his height with kind of the his pitchability, the composure he pitches with at his age like that's a great that's a really good get for Boston College
0: yeah, and, and he's one of those guys who're like, you know, he's kind of lanky, so he's still got plenty of room oh, yeah. to fill out that frame. And he kind of, mechanic-wise, kind of reminds me of Scherzer, the way he kind of, like, comes above, like, his head with the ball. And just it's just everything's just so free and easy. Like, it's all just very fluid. Uh, he's just got that effortless zip. And I remember mm-hmm. this was back uh, in the winter. I was home for winter break. And, you know, it's it's half nostalgia, half just to get working. I text Feely, and he told me to come to On Deck. And and hit BP with their team also because I knew I'd be covering them so it was good to meet guys and Feely was like he was like giddy when he was telling me about DeAncona because they were having their their pitchers throw bullpens and he's like he's like come up like you have to watch this kid and you know the fastball was jumping but it's it's the it was the slider that well I was like how old is this kid he's like it's a sophomore I'm like he's got a bright future here
1: yeah no, he's I cannot wait to see what he's like capable of doing when he's like a senior dude, he's going to well, be unbelievable.
0: Yeah. I mean, and this is his staff now, now that Pox, uh, yeah. Pox up at Penn state. Uh, actually, I, I, I know pock tried out for the club team. He either made it or is working with varsity. So either way we'll uh, get some updates there, but yeah, I mean, great season from Luke 241 ERA 75 K's in 58 innings is very impressive as well. And now he'll have two more years before he heads to Boston college. You know, they had it, Solid year. They were uh, 37 and 20, 16 and 14 in the ACC. Uh, Their coach actually just left for Penn State, which is kind of a a funny small world thing. But, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's his staff now. And, you know, you'd have you'd probably have to argue that at this point. I mean, I think in the Central League, him and uh, recently decommitted from Lehigh Van Wilner are probably like the top two arms going into the year. I would
1: think yeah i'd imagine be those two and then i mean a few other really good ones too i think we're we'll get to yeah we'll, we're we'll get to, talk, to about all of them, yeah. Yeah, talk about one of them and then uh i'm trying to think who else but yeah i would assume like those two are probably the top two uh,
0: jake Friel was one guy he's like a uh, sidearm lefty from stoga I, I think stoga uh and i remember he committed earlier in the year um but, yeah, congrats to Luke. Uh, very happy for him. We'll definitely be making it out to the Strath Haven Games this year. We go from my alma mater to yours. We got Sean Williams from Springfield. He's going to Seton Hill. Not Seton Hall, Seton Hill. They are in the PSAC uh, West. So, I, I don't know exactly where it is, but it's it's on the western side of the state. But, dude, I don't know if you knew this, but they absolutely ran the PSAC West. Like, I don't know how many teams can say that they went in their conference 26 and 2. That's, wow. That's insane. I don't care yeah. what level you are. I don't care what conference you're in. 26 and 2 in your conference games is nuts.
1: That's insane. And know they've seen Hill's been a really good PSAC program for a while, even since like when I was looking to play college ball, like they were top of the top. But man, that's like just kind of unheard of dominance. They're, it's a really good program. shout like, shout out to Sean for getting out there and playing for them that's it's gonna be fun
0: yeah unfortunately his stats are private on game changer um, so I don't have anything more to share about that but I mean it's a great get you know any 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 P-SAC is just like it's probably the best of one of the best division two conferences in the country like you yeah. think uh, like the conference of the Carolinas where like Greenville is and stuff like that's got to be up there um, but I don't have too much to add unless unless you've seen him pitch because without stats or having him seen in person, uh, I'm not just gonna like talk just to talk. Like I really don't have much more to say about him, but you know, congrats.
1: Yeah, dude, man, shout out to you, Sean. That was—I uh, don't think I've seen him pitch. Obviously, hopefully, Springfield gets a little bit better this year, and I can go out to some of these games, but like, and see him at least. But yeah, dude, like, that's awesome. Like, anytime you commit to a PSAC school, like from anywhere, is that's a huge deal.
0: I feel like we'll see him in the Delta league this summer. I that's a good bet. Yeah. are already being committed, you know. I don't think we'll see Luke yet just because he'll probably play travel ball, like, going into senior year then after that mm-hmm. next summer. But, um, all right, we got one more here. And I have a funny connection with this guy. So his name's Mick Brunelli. He's a Harrington guy. He's committed to Del Val now. I actually coached him in a Phillies baseball camp when he was – I mean, he probably had to be, like, 14, maybe 14. Like, it was – I was still either a freshman or sophomore in college. Uh, And he was just a funny kid. Like I just remember he was always, he was always just cracking me up. Uh, And I remember this season, there was another kid on Herod named Zayden Martin who had a good year who was also in that camp group. And I remember seeing both their names pop up and I'm like, God damn, I'm old. (laughs) That was pretty much my main takeaway.
1: Hey, That's kind of, that's actually kind of a funny backstory though. It is. Cause like, I,
0: I wonder if he has any idea that I'm the one who runs this account website like he's probably you know seen my name but I don't know if he knew like coach Brendan was like the same yeah. you know, person as uh as the ones who run this but yeah congrats to Mick uh there was another guy who was it someone just committed to Del Val within the last like year or so I want to say uh it was a kid from Pencrest I think his name was last name was Koenig look him up I think his name is Ooh. yeah Jacob Koenig he was a Pencrest yeah. guy I remember uh writing about him as well um Seems like there's, you know, a couple guys from around here that have played there or do play there right now. I don't know too much about them. Uh, are they in Yeah, the They're end?
1: in the MAC. Okay, yeah, they're in, a, in the MAC. Yeah, um, they're,
0: they're in um, – they are based out of what, Doylestown. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking up their schedule right now just to see what kind of teams they play uh i actually made the mistake that i made the post i thought they were called the rams because i look and i just see what? the logo the, the aggies yeah but yeah. Like, like that looks close enough that i still don't feel bad about it
1: <laughs> don't know no. what an aggie is so no. that was off a of picture like definitely yeah Also, the they are, they're, they're, in the,
0: they're in the mac freedom
1: okay whatever. that makes sense um, yeah
0: yeah no congrats to mick though uh hopefully i'll see him in a at a herring game this year and uh and see if he remembers me from those those <laughs> uh, those those camps back in the day where they used to make us wear long pants, long Phillies pants when it was a hundred degrees out on the turf at Carroll. That's no. Fault. It was just for the optics. Like, oh, it's what the parents signed up for. I'm like, I don't think they care if you're in shorts. That's, rough. Yeah, that's really yeah. rough. All right, well, uh, that's going to bring an end to this episode here. Uh, I think we'll probably take like a little bit of a break just because there's. Not really much to talk about outside of commitments, but we plan to do a lot of interviews this offseason with whether it be pro guys, college guys, high school, probably in that order. Just because the pro guys go to spring training first, uh, you know, then the college guys season start and then the high school guys will have a little bit more time. Um, But I'm excited. There's a lot of interviews and, you know, since not to toot our own horns, but like nobody from our area is really doing this kind of stuff. So I'm excited for these guys to get to kind of like share their
1: stories. Oh, yeah, 100%. Those definitely stay tuned for some pretty – I would say some really cool content coming.
0: I want to get a Kevin McGonigal interview. Uh, I think getting him on the show would be really cool. I know that, you know, before the draft was obviously like he's got a million people wanting to talk oh, to him. Yeah. After the draft, like you're down playing in Lakeland, like there's not much to do. But I think the you get the best conversations from guys when they're, you know, home for their, their offseason because it's like – they go to the they go to train. They're there for like three four hours, whatever. Then they go home and like play video games because they have nothing else to do.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. It'll be it'll be good to get like it's gonna be good to get a lot of these guys out here and kind of on the podcast yeah. and talking.
0: All right. Well, if you guys are still listening at this point, you are sickos because you made it through the Phillies part of the program, uh, which we appreciate. <laughs> I personally would not have listened to this episode just based on not wanting to. I haven't listened to any podcast that have anything to do with the Phillies, even. Even pardon my take at this point, just because I don't want to hear about it. But uh, as always, thank you all for tuning in. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram at Delco Baseball, uh, as well as Facebook. You can find Delco Baseball now. If you haven't already, subscribe on YouTube, and we will see you next time.